Good evening. It's good to see you all. Please open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll be reading the whole chapter this evening. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every man, rather for... For every house is builded by some man, that he that built, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest." Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people here this evening. Now, before we begin to examine this evening's portion, let us review what we saw here last week. Last week, we began in Hebrews chapter 1, rather chapter 2, verse 1, and concluded in chapter 3, verse 6, and considered that portion under three headings. Our first heading was the captain of our salvation. We saw how it was that the apostle, indeed the word of God, sets forth our Lord as the captain of our salvation. And we learned that this word captain may also be translated author. Indeed, Christ is not only the author of our salvation, he is the author and finisher of our faith. For through his sufferings on the cross, He was made a complete savior for sinners, having put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 declares, For it became him, that is, our heavenly Father, 
for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory to make his beloved son the captain of their salvation, perfect through sufferings. What good news does the certainty of our salvation bring to hear that the Father is bringing many unto glory through Christ, his beloved Son? Secondly, we consider the call of our salvation. Under that heading, we saw how the apostle reminded us that our Lord calls those that obey the will of his Father in heaven, brethren. And most certain it is, he is not ashamed to call them brethren, for they are his workmanship. For he has sanctified us with the word of his power, making us holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly call in him. Beloved of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We read in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Remember, our Lord declares, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. By God's undeserved grace in Christ, I love his words, and I'm not ashamed of them. Indeed, I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of my salvation, for he is a sovereign, successful Savior. As we read last week, of the children the Father gave him to save, he will declare, Behold, I and the children which God hath given me. And lastly, having taken leave of those headings, the captain of our salvation and the call of our salvation, we at the last considered the confidence of our salvation. How that the apostle in showing us that Christ is greater than the prophets, greater than the angels, sets forth our Lord as one greater than the patriarchs, indeed greater than faithful Moses. Our Lord himself declared himself to be one greater than the temple, one greater than Jonah, one greater than Solomon. We read in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5, Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. We took notice that the apostle does not speak of this confidence as a condition of our salvation, but very blessedly as a manifest token of our being saved by and in Christ. Friend, if the Lord has taught you, you'll not receive the Lord Jesus Christ as a prophet or an angel or as one of the patriarchs, but rather, as we read in verse 4, he is he that built all things, God. Paul has thus far in Hebrews chapter 1 and 2 set forth the preeminence of Christ, how that Christ has the preeminence above all the prophets. Our Heavenly Father declares in a voice out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son in whom 
I am well pleased. Hear ye him. As we have already seen in chapter 1, the apostle writes, God spake unto us in time past under the fathers by the prophets, and now in these last days God has spoken unto us by his Son. What does Paul want you to know? He wants you to know if you are going to hear from our Heavenly Father today, if God is going to speak to you, it won't merely be the word of a prophet, but rather, very very blessedly, he will speak to you by the word of his Son, that you will be made to hear his voice. Indeed, his words are the very word of God, the word of the gospel of our salvation. Also in chapter 1, Paul writes, not only does God's Son have the preeminence above the prophets, but also he has the preeminence above the angels. Paul writes, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and so on. What does Paul want you to know by this? He wants you to know this. Angels are not to be worshipped, but this one who our Heavenly Father has anointed as king and begotten his son, Christ Jesus, is our Lord and God, and is to be worshipped as such. Throughout chapter 1, Paul's message is this. The Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest, greater than any prophet. Hear him. Throughout chapter 1 and continuing through to chapter 2, Paul's message is this. The Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest, greater than any angel. Hear him. Don't neglect the great Savior God has sent. For how shall we escape if we neglect so great a Savior? Indeed, such great salvation. And now in this third chapter of Hebrews, we find Paul again setting forth the same message. The Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest. This evening, if we indeed are God's people, we shall do three things that our portion exhorts holy brethren in Christ to do. First, we shall consider. Consider, as the apostle, the apostle instructs us to do, the apostle and high priest of our profession, the Lord Jesus Christ. While Moses was a faithful servant, we shall consider how the Lord Jesus Christ is God's faithful son. Second, we shall take heed. Take heed that though others have neglected this great salvation and shall not escape God's wrath, we who have heard his voice shall enter into his son's rest. And third, we shall hold fast. Hold fast the beginning of our confidence, steadfast unto the end. If we have been made partakers of Christ by God's undeserved grace, indeed, we shall believe to the end. All right, let's take a look there in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes here in verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider. Notice that the apostle is writing to a particular audience, indeed a particular people. He is writing to holy brethren, sinners made holy by the blood and righteousness of Christ, made holy by the Lord Jesus Christ, who by himself purged our sins. 
sinners made holy through him who is the captain of our salvation, indeed, the author and finisher of our faith. Paul wants us to consider the Lord Jesus Christ, and he continues in verse 1, Holy brethren, consider the apostle, that is, the sent one of God, and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Verse 2, who was faithful to him, that is, our heavenly Father that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Paul wants us to consider God's faithful son and how he was faithful to his heavenly Father. Let us consider the word faithful. What does the word faithful mean? It means something or someone is worthy of your trust. It means trustworthy. And Paul tells us the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, was faithful to the one who appointed him to save his people. God's word declares a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that means the message that declares that he came into the world to save sinners is worthy of your trust. It's a declaration that is true and worthy of putting your trust into. Why is that? Because, beloved, it's true. (laughs) Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, sinners like you, sinners like me. So how was the Lord Jesus Christ faithful to our Heavenly Father? And the covenant of grace and the agreement that our God entered into within himself before the foundation of the world, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit agreed to redeem a people out from this fallen world. The psalmist records the Father said to the Son, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. So did the Son ever reply? Where may we hear the Son replying to the Father? Beloved, the Son of God condescends to let us hear his covenant reply in his prayer as our high priest. He indeed tells both us and our Heavenly Father how he was faithful. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 17. And look there with me, beginning at verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Beloved, he finished the work which our Heavenly Father gave him to do. Now, friend, if you're thinking, how can he say this when he has not even given his life yet? He may say this because he is God the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God doesn't try to do things. He does them according to his omnipotent, almighty will. 
Indeed, the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain from before the foundation of the world. What is the implication? While I thank the Lord for my earthly father's example in showing me the, his tenacity to keep trying, you know, if pl plan A doesn't work, there's always plan B and plan C and so on. I want you to understand this, beloved. Our God is not a God of plans. He is a God of purpose. He doesn't need plan A because he always does according to his good pleasure. Friend, do you know what this speaks of? This speaks of the will of our Heavenly Father in sending his Son into the world. And if you are not pretending to be a sinner, how you ought to rejoice to hear, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. What do I mean by pretending? Well, there's lots of people that say that they are sinners. But press them a little, and you'll find out that they really don't see themselves that way. Oh, that God would put you in the light of his well-pleasing Son. Then you will see what you are in the light and countenance of his beloved Son. And if you can see what you are <laughs> in the light of Christ, there's only one way that could happen. You've been saved undeservedly by his grace in Christ. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and, and saw him and said unto him, Zacharias, make haste, or Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I, ha I, I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Beloved, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. He is faithful. Indeed, he came to seek and to save that which was lost, so that in glory he may declare the gospel of our being saved to our heavenly Father. Behold, I and the children which you have given me, none of them is lost. Friend, put your trust in him. He is faithful. He is worthy of your trust. Indeed, blessed are all they that put their trust in Christ. Now, having considered the Lord Jesus Christ, the one the Father sent, our faithful high priest, 
who by one offering perfected forever them that are sanctified. Let us now continue onward to our second particular this evening. Take heed. Look there with me in verse 12, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. The apostle writes, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Again, notice the the audience that the apostle is writing to. He is writing to brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, and he exhorts us to take heed. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Beloved, take heed. Others have neglected our faithful Savior and his great salvation. And because of an evil heart of unbelief, they not only neglect Christ, but depart altogether, departing from the only true and living God. Do you remember how doubting Thomas addressed the Lord Jesus Christ? He said to him, my Lord and my God. I know of no other brethren save for those who can say with Thomas and all of God's people that our Lord Jesus Christ, the child that was born, the son that was given, is the mighty God. And indeed, whosoever shall believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For whosoever he grants to hear his voice shall enter into that rest of knowing that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, has saved us from perishing eternally. Friend, do you still not believe him to be God entirely? God in man and entirely man? 100% God and 100% man. God manifest in the flesh, flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. Do you still not believe it, beloved? Well, I know the beloved does, but friend, do you? Well, I suppose we could turn to many verses in God's only holy book, the Bible, to show you who he is. Let us once again do as the apostle directs us, consider Christ. Paul writes in the latter part of verse 4 that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, for he that built all things is God. Indeed, all things were made by the Lord Jesus Christ, and without the Lord Jesus Christ was not anything made that was made. Take heed, brethren, not to neglect him who made the worlds. Rather, hear him, for God has spoken to us by him, his only begotten Son. Those who neglect the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation shall not escape the Father's wrath against sin. Only those who have heard his voice shall enter into the rest of his son's finished saving work. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Before we continue to our next and last particular for the evening, consider what God's word says concerning how it is we may confess the Lord Jesus Christ as God. If there is someone here this evening that does not believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, may God be pleased to grant you life, that you might take heed not to depart from the living God.
Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And look there with me in verse 3. We read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. No man can say that Jesus is Jehovah. No man can say that Jesus is God. No man can say, my salvation depends upon this very thing. If Christ is willing, he shall save me. Beloved, no one can say those things but by the Holy Ghost. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the sovereign God of our salvation. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, our next particular, hold fast. The apostle writes, For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Beloved, hold fast the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. If we have been made partakers of Christ by God having saved us and calling us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace given us in Christ before he made the world's Indeed, we shall be saved. Indeed, we shall believe to the end. And beloved, our steadfastness, our confidence, our trusting on the Lord Jesus Christ to the end of our sojourn on the earth is not seen or found in the perseverance of the saints, though every child of God most certainly does persevere to the end. No, tonight... I would rather have you hold fast to the preserver of the saints. For in holding fast to him who is the author and finisher of our faith, indeed the captain of our salvation, we may behold the confidence of our salvation once again. For if we are to hold steadfast to the end, that will not come about by looking to our perseverance, but rather very blessedly this confidence this blessed assurance of our salvation comes to us holding fast to the preserver of our salvation. As another apostle puts it elsewhere so very blessedly, we are kept by the power of God through faith, indeed through God's faithful Son, unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Friend, do you know why God's people trust him? Why they believe on him? God has made it known to each of his people that his beloved son is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man may come before his heavenly father apart from his righteousness. God has spoken, and while it is said to be today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as others who shall perish, but rather if God is pleased, he will grant that you may be found among those that hear him. Not everyone who attends a church, not everyone who has a Bible, not everyone who has been baptized 
will be saved. Rather, those who believe and are made to be partakers of Christ and enter into God's rest because of the gift of God. For by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the unmerited free gift of God in Christ. Beloved, he is the captain of our salvation. Now, at the beginning of my message, I said we would do three things. Rather, we would consider, take heed, and hold fast. But before we conclude our time together in a word of prayer, perhaps there is one more word used by the apostle that we may consider. Look there in verse 13. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Beloved, let us exhort one another daily to consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Consider how that he was faithful to our Heavenly Father to seek and save them that were lost. And of those he came to save, beloved, he shall lose None. Beloved, let us exhort one another daily to take heed. Take heed to not neglect our great Savior, like those who have a wicked heart of unbelief that have departed from the living God. Take heed that you indeed have an open heart to hear the voice of him whom the Father has sent, the Lord Jesus Christ. Take heed that indeed you are hearing him. Beloved, let us exhort one another daily to hold fast. You who are made partakers of Christ, behold that while you may persevere to the end, it is because you are preserved to the end by the one God sent. Our high priest, who is able to save us to the uttermost, he is our confidence. For I trust you can say with the apostle and the holy brethren made partakers of Christ, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Beloved, I am confident in him that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen.